This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 468, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Welcome to the Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 468. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me are Paul Montgomery. Hey, everybody. And a dying Josh Lanigan. I'm not. Di- I'm fine. You sound <laughs> real great. I know. Real I bet healthy, it gets better. Robust. I'm going to try not to cough in the mic. I am happy, happy New Year's, you guys. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter helps. Actually, you know what? It's funny. I forgot, I, I forgot to mention this last week, and I was kicking myself after the show, but... This is we're entering our our tenth year of podcasting now, with this this year of 2015. We started in 2005, and uh, this is our tenth year of podcasting and our fifteenth year uh, with iFanboy.com. Oh my God. Say Connor. Yeah. Is this the year we're gonna break out big? <laughs> Maybe. Have we have we uh, have we have we got our ten thousand hours in yet? We must. We uh, must. Doesn't have feel our 10, like ten years. Hours. Doesn't well, feel like ten years at all. Well, you weren't. Feels like like two years. (laughs) And Statler and Waldorf up in the balcony. Feels like 30 years. (laughs) Paul, how old were you 15 years ago? I was 15 because I'm 30. Thank God that was an easy math question. (laughs) We were not 15 when we started that fanboy. (laughs) We we weren't that far off, to be honest. No, we weren't. We were 22, 21. 
22, I think. We were. I was 23. Yeah. yeah, 22, 23. Oh, it was the end of the year, so was, we were all 23 by that point. Mm. All right, so uh, we are. So what, what have you guys been doing for 10 years? What, what would you, how would you describe what it is that know. we do on the show? We talk about comics. We, we like them, <laughs> and uh, we read them every week. We read a bunch of them. One of us is chosen to pick the best book they read that week. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that on this here podcast, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest, fun stuff, sometimes sad stuff, sometimes silly stuff. It depends on the week. But before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning, this is a review show, so there will probably be spoilers. So if you haven't read your books, pause the show and come back. When you're done, everyone will be happy that way. And also, please stay tuned all the way to the end of the show, because we have a bunch of important announcements uh, having to do with the show. So we want to hear those, and so stick around till the very end. And, but until then, Paul Montgomery had the pick of the week. I did. I did have the pick, and it was, uh, it was an interesting kind of week. There was, some, uh, there was a momentous book that came out, and unlike Josh, I decided to go with it. I didn't go with some weird, obscure thing. <laughs> um, I, I, decided, I decided to go with the easy choice, but actually, it really was an easy choice. And when we talk Your about the pick of the week... up my teeth grinding. <laughs> <laughs> when when we talk about the pick of the week like what is it like is it objectively the best book that we read or is it just like is it subjective what is it and we kind of usually say it's the it's the most the thing we got the most out of the thing that that really tickled our fancy that particular week or day and for me i was just completely impressed and blown away by star wars number one uh from marvel comics by jason aaron and john cassidy and I think I could really sum it up by saying it just totally captures, if you love those those original three films, the three existing Star Wars films that, that are there, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to a fourth one coming out <laughs> soon. Um, we'll see. If you, if you love the tone of that, especially the first one, um, because this takes place between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. Yellow Jacket, Luke. Yellow Jacket. That was that was one of the big questions going in. I I knew that it was going to take place between those two movies, but was it pre dirt bike accident, Mark Hamill, or post? But then I guess in the chronology of the movies, that 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 the accident happens with the Wampa attack. The Wampa attack, right? Yeah. So that's so. But he still looks a little bit kind of haggard. <laughs> a little bit. I sound just like him. You do. <laughs> and so uh, this just felt like they. They completely nailed the tone and voice of Star Wars, and the jokes made me laugh, but they're also kind of lame in like a New Hope kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, just the uh, the characterization of Han, the way, the way he interacts with everybody, just feel that feels like Han. So that feels like when Harrison Ford had that light in his eyes. Are you sure? Wasn't just begging. For death, <laughs> I was. It's interesting because I was reading this and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this because Star Wars is one of those properties that I'm so close to that it's completely unobjective. I I didn't know you guys had a, a connection to Star Wars. Yeah, it's, it, we don't like to talk about it very often. Yeah. But I don't know if you know, but that that movie came out the year we were born. <laughs> um, and apparently, like a lot of young men our age, and I don't mean to uh, sexify that, but let's be honest. Uh, we like the movie a lot. So I, I liked this quite a bit, but by the end of it, I really had to recalibrate my brain because at first I was like, I don't know if, if that's how Han would say that, or I don't know if that's how C-3P would say that, but at a certain point, you just kind of have to let it go, and that's what I had to get to at the end. Like, I thought 
I'm not even gonna get in. I don't. Wanna... See, you know, I did. I, I no, uh, no. You can get into because that's important. Because I didn't feel that way. I thought, oh, okay, you really got the cadences down. And if anything, and this is gonna be, I liked it a lot. I was, I'm gonna start with that. Like I actually was like, oh, that was that was really good. That was like, you know, there've been a lot of Dark Horse uh, comics, but this would have been, you know, Dark Horse Star Wars comics. This would have been one of the very much better. Mm-hmm. Of those, can we are we all agreeing on that? Yeah, this absolutely. is you know this yeah. is taking what Brian sure. Wood did and and adding it's very much what Brian Wood did, but it's adding uh, definitely an upgrade in art and and production and all that and and I, you know I would arguably say the tone is is more like the movies. Yeah, I, th- I think it has more of a sense of humor. So itself. it's more of a romp. So although. The fact is, I don't know what Jason Wood's going to do to beat the guy who is uh, uh, the guy who designed the Death Star, who hates himself but lives in his like cave of Jason lost Aaron, dreams. Jason Aaron, yeah, yeah. yeah, Jason Aaron. I don't think he can beat that. That that's was a great best. story. That's um, the best thing that's ever happened in Star Wars. Anyways, what I was going to say is, <laughs> Connor, you you're saying that you're not sure if it's the right voice, and I was almost if I had any problem with it, the thing that came up was that they were doing the thing where they were echoing things from the movies without repeating them. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought the voices were pretty much spot on, but it was just like, like, uh, I think it was like, I have a very good feeling about this. It wasn't, it wasn't quoting it, but it was like tagging it. And that, and like, like having, having Luke, like cut the guy's hand off, mm-hmm. like those kind of things, they're like low, they're like subtle, low grade fan service. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I, I noticed them and I can't decide if I'm okay with it or not. Mm-hmm. I'm not I, so that, okay that, that I, I don't want to read. Well, that's, that's that, that, that is one thing I definitely wanted to talk about. This does feel like a, a very fan service book, but I would, I would argue that it's, it's in a great way. Well, I mean, um, I would argue that that's him doing his job, really. Yeah. Yes. It should yeah. be a fan service book. I mean, right away. Way you got Forlom thrown into the mix. He could, that could have been anybody, but like let's let's could have. have been Zuckus. It could have it could have been Zuckus. It it could have been Dengar. I was um, happy with Forlom, and not just because I've got a Forlom bust in, in the office here. Are you are you are you guys like me that if you hear uh, the word Zuckus, you immediately think being made of gas, <laughs> or or if you hear Dengar, you automatically go swoop bike pilot. Like I can't, like I just want to be like I want to talk about the tales of the bounty hunters. I well, swoop bike pilot is sort of second, and then the first is like diaper on his head. And I read it like I read it like fifteen, sixteen years ago, one time. Yeah. But it's it, I can't. It's like it's bursting at the surface. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem. Perfect. And I mean, and like you get all the all the vehicles in here, and I I, I kind of don't want to give away sort of the one towards the end, and yeah. um, one of the other cool ones, and and this isn't giving too much away. The the last page. That's right out of the Ralph McQuarrie, like production, you know, sketches or paintings, mm-hmm. you know, portfolio. That's that's like it's a moment that was drawn for that and is so iconic. But it's not even in any of the movies. I mean, there are, there are iterations of it. Those those two characters coming together, but that particular scene at that at this sort of at this end of the timeline. Um, we don't have that in the movies, but it's something that, like, I remember watching the QVC, like, Star Wars specials and them having the lithograph of that and be like, oh, that's so cool. And, um, and so, so that one was kind of a, like a, like a geek out fan service moment for me. And, um, the whole sequence with, you know, Sniper Chewbacca with a bowcaster, that was really fun. Just a great use of the characters. I think the story was fantastic. I w- what I would like to talk about is is the art, yeah. which I had I, I I struggled with, really a lot. Yeah, it 
Cassidy draws really great aliens and really he draws a really great Wookiee. But mm-hmm. the, the problem is he is trapped that in that way that often happens where with when you're drawing doing books with characters that are based on real people that sometimes okay, yeah, it's true. really really close sometimes it looks like it's a melty wax faced version of them and sometimes it doesn't look like them at all and i'd rather just have a consistent face model mm-hmm. than than try to get them to look exactly like the actors i mean the there's Which one one shot, thing brian wood's book did very well right and there's one shot of luke in here that doesn't look like it's modeled at all it's when he's facing off against the guy with the laser whip and mm-hmm. he says, I won't reach for my blaster. That panel looks like Mark Hamill without trying to... Looks like a trace from a DVD, DVD scene. And I was almost wishing that's the kind of way he would have drawn him the whole time instead of having... Yeah, there, there are... Uh, I think in particular, there's a lot of um, shots of Leia yeah. that are very... They're, they're kind of rough. They're like... The, the, the face isn't sort of centered on her head the right way because... He's. It, it looks like he's going off of a, a photo or something. And it's just. It's tough when it, it becomes distracting when their faces are so radically different from pay, panel to panel, page to page. We used to talk about that with Greg Land all the time. How his characters look wildly different from page to page, and it's just. It's, it became distracting. I kind of with the pace of the books. Like there's. I was kind of amazed at how many beats are in this issue. Like. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, how much is, he accomplishes. Um, exactly. I mean, w- which is like like part and parcel with, with Lucas's idea, yeah. at least for the original movie. For, for episode four, that is, that is the correct thing. You know, right. it really moves. That's, I mean, that's the thing, like seeing the behind-the-scenes stuff where Lucas wants you to look louder, faster. You know? Well, not only that, but like he, he very specifically didn't want you to he, – he didn't want to explain a bunch of stuff. You, 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 sh- you show up. Uh, at the at the, you know you show up at the beginning you don't know who these people are coming onto the you, the, the bad guys in black and white mm-hmm. you know they didn't explain anything there was the crawl but that was it and they did that here which I I can assume was a conscious choice and a really good one I, I really liked that one character who we're not going to name using stormtroopers as body shields that's pretty dope <laughs> that was a great sequence yeah I mean and uh, like what's what's cool about this is, is Aaron seems to be consciously aware of okay, I've got a Jedi here, or I've you know I've got characters with Force abilities, and so that they think in a different way, they operate, they react in a different way than other characters would, mm-hmm. and so they're they're hypersensitive to things. So if you've got as cool as it is to have a Wookiee sniper, you know you're not always going to get away with it if someone who uses the Force is around. I don't know how they're going to get off that planet, considering these creatures have completely dismantled the Millennium Falcon. That that also just felt right out of Star Wars too. That it's like it's always like out of the frying pan into the fire. Right. And so like they hid the Millennium Falcon in this thing, but then, at the, and that you know that's sort of like an empire where they're they're hiding in the, the sort of the stream of junk mm-hmm. in in space, but then you know the Slave One can also easily hide in there too. Right. So. It's you know getting into all these scrapes and things. I I loved three PO as sort of a means of exposition, because three PO is a means of exposition. Mm-hmm. He is a through line through the movies and and any of the media that we've seen. And um, the idea of three PO being asked to use a blaster is just hilarious to me. I don't know. I just I I really like his his sense and confidence with the characters. Right. That they all behave. You know, in that in that certain way, and uh, I, agree, just, I agree with that. This was just so much fun. I, I really had a good time with this. Can I can I ask a question? Yeah. And yeah. and this is this is, I don't have an answer on this. It's a thing that I was thinking about though. Um, when I look at it, I thought 
it looks like a Cassidy book mm-hmm. uh, in terms of whatever his sort of cinematic visual style is. A lot of, a lot of canted angles, a lot of, a lot of sort of vanishing points and things like that. And in that way, it's very un-Star Wars-y. And then my question is, does that matter? And, and also, just to, to, to highlight this sort of sideways, when I saw the, the trailer for the new movie that's coming out, I just thought it doesn't look like Star Wars. And that bothered me. I don't know that it should. I guess they're getting a bunch of different people's takes on them going forward. But like, what do you think of that? I think that's something that's more noticeable when it's you're looking at a film to a film. So in seeing the trailer, yeah, I can definitely see that. Which is funny because I didn't see that at all in the trailer. I thought it looked a lot like Star Wars. I, I think I didn't. I think part of it, I think part of it is that. hidden with like having the music, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so you're yeah. sort of like, oh, it's Star Wars, you know, and and so you're not necessarily looking at the subtleties of. A composition or something because in this book like the the first thing is and i read it digitally so actually i think it works really well in that sense like you flip it and you see that long time ago in a galaxy far far away yep. then you get the logo and so i'm watching it on i'm looking at a screen so automatically i was like oh that works and so that first page that is that's an echo of the of the first shot right you know coming overhead and then afterwards you switch to this you know sort of radically tilted camera and the, the place that i actually noticed it because otherwise, I just felt like I'm, I'm looking at Cassidy. It's Cassidy drawing like Cassidy. I don't know what else I would expect, but like when they go into the facility, you know, and we're looking down that all that hallway, and we're 45 degrees over to the right. I was like, I didn't really look like Star Wars at all. Didn't look like any of them. But I don't know that that's a bad thing. It's just a thing I noticed. I, I would be entirely honest, and I didn't sort of go into it that way. I didn't. I didn't notice it. It didn't. It wasn't as glaring. Um, well, and... I guess it'd be one thing if they started like that, but they, they didn't stay like. Okay, like well, but then the but then the other thing is, since it's another medium, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's fair. You mean like like in a, in a movie, like you kind of want to ha- you want to have a little bit more continuity, a little bit more well, consistency there. That's, but a, with... that's that's a question though. Do you? Hmm. Like that's a question. Do you like like if there's one thing that was consistent through all six of those movies, they pretty much had a standard visual style. I can't think of a lot of canted angles in any of that. I can't think of there wasn't a ton of moving camera, for example. Mm-hmm. Like the color palette was all pretty straight up, um, or at least sort of the lighting. Like there wasn't much. Well, I think for a that. trilogy, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting question. I don't know. Whereas, like the J.J. Abrams thing, that looked like a J.J. Abrams movie. It looked like the Star Trek movie. I mean, and I'm, I'm kind of okay only, with that. Only uh, only that one shot of the stormtroopers. Other the rest of them looked very Star Warsy. I, th- I guess we haven't seen enough of it, but I, I think um, I'd be okay. I'd be more okay with that because it's it's so far removed. You know, it's it, it can be its own trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is bodes well for these books. You have a good feeling about this. I have a good feeling about it. I think I think it helps that they're putting high quality talent people on talented people on here. Now that doesn't take away from the other stuff that Dark Horse is doing. I like Josh said. I think. The, the Brian Wood book had really great stories, and I also think the thing that did better was the visual style was less concerned with getting the characters exactly like their actors and more concerned with, with telling a story consistently, mm-hmm. so, which I found... I liked the art better in, by Carlos Danda in the Brian Wood book than I did in the John Cassidy here. You have a, you have a, you have a, a thing with John Cassidy, though. Well, I like, I, he used to be one of my favorite artists. I just don't exactly. like when characters don't look the same. But you haven't liked John Cassidy's stuff of recent note yeah, in, not, not in, really. in a while like either because he changed or you know whatever reason like it doesn't do it like it used to which is always like that's like the john Byrne effect 
where you're just like, man, I used to really love this, and now I don't, and I, uh, that bothers me more than it would if it was just like an artist of his own right. I guess. Yes and no. I mean, yes, but also we're going to talk about that again in a couple of books. Okay. There's an artist who isn't John Cassidy. Okay. okay. There's I an just, artist who isn't John Cassidy. There is one. Mm. But in the meantime, one. we should talk about Batgirl 38, in which Barbara Gordon uh, feels the wrath of social media. And <laughs> I really like this book a lot, more with each issue. And really, we used to talk about this a lot. This really feels like how DC should have rebooted originally, which is make the characters feel more vital and real to the world that we're in now, as opposed to go backwards to the 90s. And this Batgirl feels like a book that takes place now, full of characters that live now. And not just because they use uh, cell phones and apps and, and go on dating sites like Tinder, but because it just it feels very contemporary. This, the fashions, the way people talk and interact feels very real. And for a character who's in college like she is, it's very important that you embrace all this stuff if you want to have that feeling. And I think this, this, this book does it really well. Yeah, and the, the early sequence with, um, with Barbara walking down the street, that outfit was like, I, it, it's, all, it's, it's odd to think of that as, as Barbara because I'm so used to, um, at least in, in the Batgirl books that I've liked, mm-hmm. um, or the Barbara books, I, I should say, um, there's always that sort of throwback thing. She's always sort of like Nancy Drew. Right. And... and you know, and then in the, the the Batgirl books that I don't necessarily like as much, it's 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 a '90s thing. And then so this is this so it was weird to see her in sort of a contemporary sort of setting and a contemporary, you know, look. And 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 I, I like the sort of the thrust of this issue, which is she's you know hanging out with this with this cop, and he's got you know sort of one sense about it's it's such a it's such a classic superhero thing right especially in the superhero books where the uh, secret identity is a is a major factor where you have you know you're you're in a conversation and it's like someone flash says right now you know, on like, TV. yeah and he's like you, you know he's you know she's a, she's a vigilante she's got she should just let you know the police do their work and and not get in the way and and then she kind of goes on to prove his point in a way yeah i thought um, it was a really great i guess we can call this a, a one-shot story I mean, even though the b story is going to continue this the sort of main yeah. story is wrapped up you know the the whole argument with with her new boyfriend is is Batgirl good or bad for the city? And she obviously thinks she's good. And everyone on social media loves her. She's back, hashtag Batgirl of Burnside and all the people in the neighborhood love her. And just, uh, I love the scene on the subway where you see someone's wearing the, the boots, the yellow boots, because she's sort of become not just a, a superhero or a, like a hero, but um, like a fashion icon with the, right. the costume. But then she's to, to stop the criminal in this book, she ends up on a wild car chase that ends up crashing into a diner and it turns you know it's like the old classic diner in the neighborhood that has been around for 50 years and and everyone goes to and now it's ruined and the guy can't afford to rebuild and now they've this the neighborhood has lost this gem and everyone now hates her turns on her on social media so it's it was an interesting look at both the conflict of the vigilante but also the the uh, fickleness of modern social media life yeah, comic book, do you think comic book writers would have anything to say about that? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think the thing that makes it worse makes it work is that the uh, the boyfriend isn't is isn't totally right and isn't totally wrong. Neither like, one of them are totally right and totally wrong. Which right, exa- exactly. And so, like, usually you just you'd, you'd have one that you're like, oh man, he's being such a jerk. And but this is this is an instance where they both have you know, good points and, and they both, uh, you know, uh, aren't considering the entire thing. And so it, it, that's, that's a more valuable, 
discussion to have. And you know, I, so I, I I really like this issue. This is one of my favorites of the of the run so far. Yeah. It's been getting better, I think, with each issue. I've liked each one more than the last. And, and again, I'm, I'm continually blown away about how much they can cram into one issue. Right. Uh, this, this book in particular, there's so much happening. It's, it's, not, it's not a super quick read. and So you, you feel value there. So that's good. Now, jo- uh, not Josh, obviously. Paul, did you read Shield number one? I read not- it, asshole. Okay. <laughs> you, on, the, on the All Media Show, you were saying how the Shield TV show was not something of your liking, and this is basically the Shield TV show. In I watched form. like a half an hour of the first episode, and I saw that Mark Wade wrote it, so I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to read this, too. Okay. So I read it, the first two I, I, I Probably not going to keep reading it. It's um, it's 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 it's, it's Mark Wade, so I'm kind of interested. But Shield as a concept, it's not really something that I'm excited well, about. This is, so the interesting, I really like the first issue quite a lot. What's interesting though is they they felt both a different artist. Carlos Pacheco drew the first issue, and Humberto Ramos did this issue, in which Miss Marvel shows up for a team up. And so this is not like an ad- adaptation of the show, but it's the characters from the show minus a few of them. It's basically uh, Coulson and Agent May and, and Fitzsimmons. I don't think anybody else has been on, right? Anyway, uh, this is related to the Star Wars conversation in which they have no idea how to draw Coulson in this book. <laughs> and that happened in the first issue, too. They- I, yes. I, did not, I had no idea who I was looking at. And I didn't <laughs> know if that was looking at characters from the show that I didn't know or what, but I didn't know who the hell anybody was. And from panel to panel, Coulson would age and get, and get like, look at the page where he finally tells Miss Marvel that she can go, you know, be hero, and, and she runs off with the, with the long legs. And in one panel, he's kind of dashing and handsome and muscular. In the next panel, he looks like Tommy Lee Jones. And it's and they're very they're, they're literally consecutive <laughs> panels. And I think and they're all the same it's outfit. Just, it's a problem when I think these artists get yippy about making these characters look a cer- like a certain way, as opposed to just having a character model. And now. It's just all over the map with these characters, and but you're right. Also, I like if they don't identify who they are. Like I didn't realize I was looking who these characters were from the show until their names were called because, you know, they're just people. So they've got to do a better job, I think, of captioning. Or I mean, I realized in the very beginning it says on the on the title page it says it's going to be Agent Coulson and Agent Simmons. Fine, but on the first page I don't know that's supposed to be Agent Simmons until a couple of pages in. Or the second page when she texts him. But also, Paul, do you think and you're the Agent Colson ex- expert? Okay. You, you you famously wrote many articles about him on Knife. Agent Colson Week, yeah. Before before would, everybody else. Before would everybody Agent Colson text like a 16 year old girl? Oh, see, that's that's a tough call because my, my mom does within the movies. <laughs> well, that's why I'm asking. I mean, within the movies, like he like from one movie to another, his characterization could be a little bit different. Like if you're thinking of like the Avengers, Coulson, who has like baseball cards of Captain America, maybe. But is it, like it's like a funny thing. I could see that being played for a Joss Whedon style joke. Right, but then like like Thor, Agent Coulson, not so much. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I just I it just I didn't feel like he would write the number two instead of writing out two or you instead of writing out why you. I just don't. I would think the joke would be he would be overly formal in texts. Right. Like he would spell things out. Yeah. And use proper proper uh, punctuation on everything. And I just feel like that. It just just felt like an off note to me. But other than that, though, I really do think this is a fun book. I like those characters from the show. And we actually get to see them interact with the Marvel Universe here, which we won't in the show itself. So that's fun. But I like the Humberto Ramos art a lot. I don't know the last time I saw him draw anything. 
I feel like he's been around, but I don't think I've been reading that stuff. Right. I just feel like it's probably some book I'm not reading, but I haven't seen him in a while, and I always did like him. So, uh, I, I, when the first issue of the new volume of Stumptown came out, I think Connor and I, not so much Paul, or was it the other way around? Yeah. No, you and I felt the same. Yeah, okay. That it was like, oh, this is a lot of soccer stuff, which is fine, but I didn't feel like Stumptown. Yeah, and, and I, I kind of like the slow burn of it. Yeah, then I kind of fell behind on it, and mm-hmm. I read like the second, third, and fourth issues like a month ago or something like that, and I got really, really into it. And then, so, so uh, the fifth issue, which is the last of this arc, I think, is it the last, or is there one more? It Could seems be like way. the last. Right, fifth issue came like yeah, it came out this week, and uh, I, I really at the end, I really liked the story. Uh, yeah. I, I was, I was definitely, I thought it was actually some of the best. Uh, character stuff that we've seen of Dex since the beginning. We learn way more about her than we ever have and and sort of flesh her out as a person. Although I, I, was, I don't know that it feels like it used to. I don't know that that's a problem though. Hmm. I see. For me, the, that first issue, I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't, it didn't jazz me up. So I have all the issues sitting here and I haven't read any. Oh, you, I, think, I think you should read them and I think that you will, you will be happy by the end. I, I'm sure I will. I just, every time I would go to do it, I would go, but I'm not really excited about this, so I didn't. I would go on to something else. Yeah, keep keep That's, going. I and yeah. I think I think also. I mean, I don't think the art is as strong as it was before, which is a factor. Yeah. You know, and I think Matt Southworth was was definitely he was slow. But but at the end, like the, it was a visual style that I associated with that book. Um, and this feels like a a slightly lesser version of it, rather than some like in Queen and Country, when the other person would come in, they would famously bring their own style. You know, like they they went from Norton to Somni to 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 Leandro Fernandez. Like that book looked different every arc. Yeah. Whereas this one, it was sort of trying to ape what it had done before. And end of the end of the day, though, I really I really liked it, and it was what I I wanted out of out of this book. And and I I kind of got it. I think I think when the whole soccer story started up, it felt like it was from out of nowhere. Um, and I was like, is this even a thing? I don't know if it felt like out of nowhere. It just felt like a waste of a lot of real estate to me. I think That's it was in that first was. issue. I think it was a weird first issue for that. It was just like, I know I like soccer. Sure. I know Greg Rucka likes soccer, but... Uh, why are we like, talking about soccer? <laughs> why are we talking so much about it? We're work here, people. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but, no, I, I definitely recommend. I think you should go back in. I think uh, at the end, you know, like you... Really get. I have a much better sort of handle on who Dex Perios was, and I don't think we had that for a while. I think it's like one of those things, like with the TV show. For a while, you, you know, you're just watching James Garner run yeah. around doing stuff, and you don't really and know. And it's him. awesome because he's a, he's fantastic. I know, but he, when you get to, in Malibu, when you get to know him, he's even better. That's yeah, my sure. point, and I think that's the point that he got to. It's kind of a shame that this doesn't come out more often. That there's not yeah. more there, and I completely understand why. Uh, I think it has to do with. You know, a fickle marketplace who's perhaps not supporting it to the to the level that it would need to make it more of a priority for the creators. How's that? Right. But it was good. It was worth it. You should read it. Don't yeah, don't I think not so read too. It. Jupiter's Legacy. I was happy to oh. see came out again, but I I was really lost just trying to remember what had happened and who everybody was. I I eventually remembered most stuff by the end, but it was like, oh. I gotta say, I thought I was gonna be, and I had that feeling at the beginning. And then once it started going, I just went, "All oh, right." And then, and then at the same time, like, how lucky, how lucky are we as 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 comic book enthusiasts for Frank Quitely? Yeah, I mean, just it's not even. I can't put my finger on what it is that he does that he does so well, but I I love that he does it. I mean, he's like 
He's he's <laughs> no, like it's, it's the drawing, Josh. I know. Well, he's like the it's the way it's that the he art. does it. He's like one of the only guys out there who can look over at Mateo Scalera and go, no, no, it's fine. You keep going. We're good. We're, <laughs> Whatever. We're fine here. Good <laughs> good good pictures. Pat him on the head. Nice job. Uh, I mean, I I I and I, and I really thought that. I thought that issue delivered uh, in a way like we had to wait for oh, a really long time. It was super fun. It was I, so I, good. It's it's part of that Mark Miller renaissance been going on for the last couple of years, and it's really, I, I, I mean, it's taken dark turns. There was the brutal death of that one character a couple, early yeah. on. It was last year. But uh, for the most part, it's not really exploitative, and it's just an interesting look at l- legacy, but a darker look at it, mm-hmm. in that some of these legacy characters aren't good. I, just, I really like how big the odds are against them the way that they built this oh, world yeah. up you're like you're, you're like and they thought they were screwed so they, they you know they're going to proceed that way and i you know i remembered enough that all right that's the brother and she's like i had it I had it by the end and I, like, I think the part that was confusing was in the beginning you were watching that scene where he was interrogating the girl and we didn't know wait is that the girl that's i think right, that's where exactly. my confusion that, came that's from my confusion was too um so as soon as that reveal came and c- c- frank whitley you draw as many giants as you want. <laughs> like, for what that guy puts one big ass character in the foreground next to a building that's the height of its shin, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm on that bus all night. That's great. <laughs> you can do that. I also that. think the, the pencil thin mustache should come back. <laughs> Only on villains. Yeah, yeah. That's the way. That, that way, you know right away. Right. We. That's Black what. Guys know. That's Good. what that shield book needs to do. <laughs> yeah. So, so pulling. They should put mustaches on. Start dudes. handing out those pencil thin mustaches. I'm just saying, when Batroc comes along, you know where you stand. Right. That's what you want. I think it's confusing if you're in the Golden Age of Hollywood, though, and Clark Gable walks up to your table. And you're like, are <laughs> well, you good or bad? Well, I mean, let's, let's go with what your gut tells you. <laughs> Occam's, Occam's razor, that shit. Clark Gable's evil. That's true. <laughs> well, now there's been, how many, what number is this of Trooper's Legacy? This is five. Five. And I think I, you know, honestly, over that time frame, I think we're, I think we're pretty lucky to have it. Considering, I think we're, pro- I think we're probably lucky to get four a year. I'm, f- and that's that's fine. Anybody else is, I'm completely cool with that. Yeah, four a year, I'd be thrilled if we got four a year. So wait, so is there? There's not a Jupiter's Legacy collection yet, right? There haven't been enough issues. The, the, this one though was said late end of like Act One or whichever yeah, so it was. This would be the this last issue. Okay. Of it. Yeah, Book One. And that's going to be the, would, the 995 trade that you're going to tell people, hey, uh, if you like superheroes uh, and you want something modern, this is going to be the thing for you to read. And how would they get where, – where could they get that, Josh? Fools be going to Amazon. Or no, jeez, I screwed it up. iFanboy.com. <laughs> don't go to Amazon first. That's going to screw up everything. Go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon. Uh, and that way, that's our special link. Um, and then you can just bookmark that. Uh, and if you do that, then then there is an affiliate program where we get a cut of the things that you spend there, and you have to do nothing for it. Do you hear me? Nothing. So if you needed the the Gone Girl Blu-ray delivered so that you had time to watch it tonight, then we're gonna we're gonna take a little <laughs> sliver of that. I, I already saw it, but I bought it because it's a David Fincher movie. Uh, there you go. And and there we go. It's uh, a nice box. It comes in a nice box. I, the envelopes out there haven't opened it yet. Yeah, I figured. I nice figured story. I'd need two nights. I had to order it to make sure that I got it on Friday because I figured I'd need two two nights for my wife to make it through without falling asleep. <laughs> uh, two nights? It's a long movie. Yeah, I know, but it's really good. I haven't seen saying, it yet. I'm looking might, forward to it. I, I, a lot of people don't like it, but if you're like a David Fincher guy, at the very least, the very least, it's interesting. 
Like it doesn't even like, but it's good. I liked it. Uh, anyway, so you can go to Amazon uh, like that through iPhone.com slash Amazon. Uh, the things that you do help us uh, directly, and uh, we really appreciate that. You can also go to iFanboy.com slash registration to be even more direct if you would like to make a straight-up cash donation uh, to support the, what we do here um, and, and uh, cover some of our costs. Uh, that is uh, iFanboy.com slash registration. You can either do 3 bucks a month or $30 a year if you just want that to be a thing. You don't have to think about it or uh, any amount that you, you so desire. Uh, and we are, as always, eternally thankful for that. Um, it really is, is a huge help. Um, and, and the people who do it are, are wonderful angels. And they, be, they become iFanboy members yes. by going to registration. And, and we're going to be bringing back the iFanboy member giveaways this, this year so where we will randomly give out just boxes of books to random members of iFanboy. Stop. So start keeping your eyes and ears out. Well, your ears, because if it's your eyes and you're looking in my window, and then we've got a law enforcement problem. But no one wants to see that. Keep your ears I open. I tell you something. He ain't thinking for three hours. <laughs> keep your ears open. I don't work from home anymore, so it's less of a problem. Uh, keep your ears <laughs> open, and we'll be bringing those back. <laughs> All right. So a lot of people were talking about uh, Grayson, which is a book that I, sort of, I, I fell back on. It was kind of it was it's an interesting premise. It's sort of this idea that Dick Grayson is no longer Nightwing, but he's now in this weird sort of spy program, and they wear the this, world thinks he's dead. The world thinks he's dead. He's got like this thing that cloaks his face, so people can't recognize him. Um, I'm glad I picked up this issue because there's a wonderful moment where he and Matron. His partner, That's, uh, Helena Bertinelli. yeah, are uh, are um, infiltrating this compound, and uh, Midnight Midnighter shows up, and Midnighter's like, "Well, I can't, I can't see your faces, but that doesn't mean I don't recognize that ass because Dick Grayson is known for that We're Dick Grayson that ass." Yeah. Yes, he did. Does it say that ass? No, <laughs> it's just a stupid internet meme. He's like, <laughs> "I know that ass," and then like the next G-H-O. panel is Grayson. <laughs> And um, and there's he says I'd know that ass anywhere. I'd know that ass anywhere. Yeah, it's just a it's just a wonderful magical moment. And also they've been teasing us with the inevitable Midnighter Grayson fight, and this is where we first time we get it. Yeah, because like it's it's it, it, it's it feels sort of like episodic television where like he shows up in in certain episodes and and he's gone for a little while and then he's back and and they do have a, a really cool fight and there's and there's a fun moment where. Uh, Dick Grayson is fighting like Nightwing would, and Midnighter is you know catching punch and everything. But then because uh, he, he studied tapes of him as Nightwing, yeah, because uh, that's what Midnighter does. And then I uh, he tapes. I didn't think. I thought he just knew. Well, he 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 had to he had to know by from from a source. He gotcha, source gotcha. Okay. And then uh, he says, "But have you have you ever fought?" Robin, and so he switches up his fighting style to his original, you know, Robin fighting style, and he, and he says, like, off. it's it's... <laughs> yeah, he takes his pants off <laughs> He takes first. his pants off, yeah. and, uh, it, and he, and he, he uh, refers to it as, like, uh, like Nightwing is jazz, and Robin is punk rock, which, okay. <laughs> I thought it was a really <laughs> nice, so. sort of badass, you know, line, where Midnight yeah. is talking about how Nightwing fought like jazz, and how he, he can play jazz, too, and so then you know, Dick says, "Well, have you ever fought Robin? If you you can do jazz, but how about punk rock?" And that's that was a nice little switcheroo. It's just a neat idea because he's two totally different personas, and uh, that at least in his mind, it's and and you know, it works. It, it the the strategy works. It's two different styles of fighting, right? Which is which is kind of cool. So uh, this this was fun, and it's got sort of a little bit of a like a checkmate thing going on. Like mm-hmm. you, you have these secret organizations and stuff, and but then there's also paranormal things and superheroes involved. So if if you miss that that checkmate stuff, I think they've tried to do checkmate kind of things in the new Fifty Two, 
with like the Justice League of America and right. and having things but this is much part closer to that government. Rock book. Yeah, but this yeah, this is the right balance and it's fun. <laughs> and so uh yeah, I was glad I, I tried this out. So uh, Batman Eternal continues to be the book where every week I go, I guess I'm still reading this, and I open the new one. And uh, this, is, this is issue 41. Is that right? It's 41? Yeah. 41 weeks. 41 weeks. That's how fast life is going. I was by, shocked Paul. when I wrote <laughs> Really? So this is actually one of the issues I did like a lot because I like the issues of this that are having to do with the sidekicks and not Batman in the main story, which I still don't really care about. But in this issue... Red Robin and Batgirl in the new costume and Red Hood team up to fight the Mad Hatter, which is which is almost completely just divorced from the main story. And oh, Harper is also there, and so she's sort of their oracle because they won't let her go into battle because is she Bluebird? Is that her? well? That's you're, you're you're jumping on my sorry on my punchline. So the uh, she's she's been helping them track down the Mad Hatter, who's been all these kids have been disappearing, including her brother, and. They won't let her go into battle because Red Robin says, you know, once you make that decision to go, you know, to put on a spandex suit and jump jump into the fray, you're never going to go back. It's just that's what, how it works. And he doesn't want that life for her. So, uh, but the problem is Mad Hatter ends up taking control of all their minds. So she is forced to, for the first time, don the Bluebird uh, costume. That's the, the, the cliffhanger. But okay. then also Joe, Joe Quinones, pr- pronunciation probably incorrect, uh, drew, the, drew the book. So it looked really great. And... Uh, all the all the characters I really like in this story were in this issue, so if you Paul, you could you could totally read this issue, not knowing anything else about what's been going. on. I will. I like all those I characters, and I like Joe Canona. So I believe it's pronounced quinoa. 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 <laughs> He's a good artist and also healthy. Uh, healthy snack. Yeah, it's you know how, you know how I know the pronunciation. He's from the Northeast. From, He's from around my neighborhood. I know that from the Nick Offerman uh, Netflix special. That's how I know how to pronounce quinoa. <laughs> Is it good? I've, I've, I wanted to. See it's it. weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I figured it would be, and that's why it's just been sitting there. It's really weird. He gets he gets really like crass and provocative, and it's a kind of uncomfortable, like because he's trying a little bit too hard. But right. not a stand up. Lazarus fourteen. Just because I don't think that Greg Rucka can feel good enough about himself. Actually, I have I have uh, I guess a sort of similar uh, thing to say about this is that this was one where I think that he made um, they made like a real advance in understanding of our character forever i think like she is breaking down walls you know like she got that text that was like they're not your family etc and then she, you know she had that conversation with the the brother um jonah in this issue and she's moving forward so we're going to see uh, advancement in that and then sort of the the capper was the ending um which was that she's going to have to sort of fight against people who are you know She's supposed to fight against them, but but they're her friends, and so it's it's yeah. it's it's the Hunger Games. But I guess it was really good. I, I'm like, oh, I want the next thing, and you know, threat level Did remains. You the letters column. I didn't. No, no, I was in a hurry. It was full of a lot of letters who were like, "Is this gonna get canceled?" <laughs> I don't. Just, do they not know about me? <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's still a great book. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, no, it was, it was, I just, I thought it was a really nice, I don't, I'm not getting that feeling of, yep, it's good again, like every, you know, no, no, still no, 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 no. reveals and still stuff, and, and I, I really liked the um, ceremony of, of how they sort of dealt with the things that happened um, there, like amongst their family and the rules and, and you know, the haves and the have-nots and, and how that works. I, I still enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I want to mention Deadpool number 40. We, Koblish we died! Scott Koblish. Um... <laughs> I just assume when I see it in the, in the rundown, and that's oh, it's Scott Koblish. 
is yeah. really funny. Oh, it's great. They, we get them every like five or six months. And this is um, this is really this is an interesting issue. There's a lot going yeah. on. It's it's drawn like an instructional, in, like a, like an educational coloring book for kids about fracking, but they're calling it gracking in here. Very and very very thinly veiled. That's sort of the first half, and it, and it, and it has. Um, uh, Agar, the the Roxxon guy from uh, Jason Aaron's Thor run, I think that's where he that's where he originated, right? Yeah. yeah oh yeah, no, he's, he's that's still from Jason Aaron. He's still in it. I mean, like, he's, yeah, he's involved. But I mean, in the I was like, is that, that we're in the middle that's of? The, that's his first appearance. He wasn't from before. Like, that's that's a that's a Jason Aaron creation. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, see that the, the Rocking and, and Roxxon is involved, and it's also sort of a Christmas issue, and then. It also mentions that there's going to be a celebrity coming in, and it turns out to be Sarah Silverman is involved in like the protests against gracking. But then, as as you keep going, there's an even more important and fun cameo, and there are two cameos: Jason Aaron and Jason Latour show up, and something terrible happens to Jason Latour, which I've been wondering all week on Twitter why people have been saying, "Rest in peace, Jason Latour," and now I know why. Because I didn't get to this until earlier today, I, I didn't realize it was a Scott Koblish week. But but anyways, this was super weird and super fun, <laughs> just funny. If you if you haven't been reading it up to this point, you can still read points, it and enjoy points it. Points to uh, points to Val Staples. Val Staples, yeah. For for coloring, although it's like it's it's more badly colored in the beginning than at the end. Like I just thought, yeah. They, like at the end, I was like, oh, it's still the crayon thing, but it's not sort of as intentionally. Well, the way I which, which makes sense. Like in the beginning, you want to sell the yeah. effect of it, and but they never got away from it. But they, but yeah, they never they don't entirely. But it's like it's a it's a very good Jason Aaron uh, likeness. Also Latour, but I haven't met him as much. So uh, mm, it was it was great. It was it was really funny and yep. uh, fun stuff. So what uh, could there be left to say about Daredevil? Look at that cover. Oh. that's kind of what I want to talk about. The I cover actually is have so something great. to say about Daredevil beyond the cover. Okay, I. Don't like him in San Francisco. No, and I realize he's been there before, and it's not a new thing. But he doesn't feel like Daredevil to me. Not in New York. I don't. I think that's the point, though. It, I just. But I'm not enjoying it. Well, as much. to be honest, you're a New York guy. You're a New York. You're a New. York. Yeah, but he's also so ingrained. Like that is Daredevil is not only ingrained in New York, but ingrained in a neighborhood, and that's part of his identity. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, well, we're gonna move Batman to San Francisco. But for, they do that every once in a while. Years. You know, they'll... it doesn't work. It doesn't feel the same. No. It shouldn't. You just well, let's, like, let's do a te- let's do a test here. What's what's your uh, what's your favorite baseball team? I know this. I'm not answering your questions. What I'm saying is that. Let me ask you, you this: Which do you, do you prefer? This? Which do you, do you prefer, <laughs> New York pizza or San Francisco pizza? <laughs> I don't even know what San Francisco pizza is. <laughs> it's because there isn't. Such a thing. Let me. How do you feel about how do you feel about the people of San Francisco as you walk around on the street? <laughs> I rest my case. You watch. I, I gotta say, the only thing I love, like, the, like this, all one for me, uh, with Matt piloting that muscle car convertible up Powell yes. Street uh, <laughs> with his canes. That's that's great. Good to go. I thought it was a fun story. I just feel like it doesn't feel like Daredevil to me. But that's all. Yeah, it'll it'll go back. No, I, and it, well, not not according to this. He's gonna live there the rest of his life and get old and die. Well, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go back to like sort of Bendis Daredevil. I don't. But I don't. So mean you, that. Be- I mean, you believe that? Oh, say so it's gonna be like this forever? No, no, not at all. But oh, that's... hey, what's Captain America got a book for? I love when like Sector. every every third or fourth Daredevil issue ends with uh, 
with uh, with Matt uh, dipping somebody and kissing them. Like that's fun. I, I would if he dipped tobacco. <laughs> would that be the same for you? I said someone. I dipped something. Oh. It'd be an interesting twist on the character. I'm sure there's a bunch, there's a whole dipping community in San Francisco. It's like a hipster thing. It's like a, right. it's like a artis, artisanal dip. Artis- when I was in San Francisco last week, there was not a, I, a sorry, I used the word hipster. I'm not going to do that. I'm, out, I'm there was, out of my vocabulary. Well, unfortunately, it's, the entire town is full of hipsters now. But the, there was not one guy on this corner playing guitar for money. There was an entire band. <laughs> yeah. All of the pieces. Yeah. And they were probably, like, like, they probably had a hose. And they were just spraying it in the, the street fuck? for no reason. Yeah. Uh, so I, but I, it was. I liked the story. I liked the idea of the, the old, um, stunt, stunt driver who was looking for one one last piece of glory. Yep. I thought that was good. And great, you know, great chase sequences and stuff, and just uh, good comic booking. That again, like you sort of, you you've, you, <laughs> it's it's always great. <laughs> it's another great if daredevil. You're do, if you're gonna do a San Francisco story, you kind of have to have a car chase. Yeah. Because hills. But there's no, you can't drive there at any kind of speed. The car chase would be inching along in traffic. It's not. Yeah. Well, you're 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 just avoiding fixies. There's like all that. those famous movies with <laughs> again, like, sorry, with car chases cheap. that take place in San Francisco, like like The Rock. They're lies. Yeah. It's bullet. And, uh, or, or there was one in I think there was one in Zodiac. Wasn't there? And uh, the, the the Italian Job. Yeah. yeah. Born Identity. Uh, uh, Con Air. Con Air. And they broke the windshield, and then it was fixed in the next shot. What is that about? Oh, boy. Well, those are the comics that came out this week. There's actually a couple of really great comics, including Silver Surfer. Because the problem about. with Michael Bay movies is a continuity edit. <laughs> I, I, I will defend Con Air and The Rock. I know you will. Actually, it's The Rock. It's not Con Air. Yeah, it was The Rock. wasn't Sean Connery. I love The Rock. I know you do. But you love the things The Rock is so are. fantastic. Fine with that. So those are the comics we're going to talk about this week. Go to fanboy.com to talk about other books or these books or whatever books you want to talk about. There'll be a post for the show and every other show we have. You can go, th- go there and find those at ifanboy.com. Let's squeeze in a quick email from Dave from DC. And Dave says... He's not here. A couple of years ago, I happened across the first two trades of Gotham Central. Strangely, I got through a couple of issues and never finished the series before it got lost in my pile of things I need to read. Strange because it's brilliant, beautiful, and deserving of all the hyperbole you all have heaped upon it. As a fan of Brubaker, Rucka, and Lark's current work, it's really neat seeing the beginnings of what they have gone on to write and draw. Looking through it now, one thing I'm finding unsettling is I never figured out who I'm reading. Is this Rucka or Brubaker? Did I miss the part where they explain this? Anyway, I'm sure this was the subject of many a conversation in some Ithaca dorm room We are older than that! And you all figured (laughs) it out. Could you enlighten me? Who wrote the different shifts? This, that might help me not shelf this beauty of a series before finishing it again. Thanks. First of all, yeah, this book came out at l- three years after I graduated college. Yeah. This, was the, this was the pick of the week, darling, at the very beginning of our tenure, though. Yeah. Um, and I wish I'd had time to prepare for this because well, I remember that, when I was, was reading, the thing is, this was so long ago that I didn't really even think about it back then. Yeah. Well, it was a day shift and a night shift, mm-hmm. and the, the one shift w- featured Renee Montoya, and that was the Rucker shift. That's how you can tell. You're right. You're right. So that was, that was the, the other night shift, was, shift uh, wasn't it? Yeah, so one shift had Renee Montoya and Crispus Allen, and I think Josie Mack. No, wait. Well, Renee Montoya and, and Crispus Allen, that was a rucker shift. And then the, 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 the Romy cop and the, right. the, the cops you've never heard of again were the Brubaker cops. Interesting. That's, but because Rucker brought them back it. over and over, I guess. Well, Rucker had Renee and Crispus. Those are really the only yeah. ones that stick or, stuck around. They were, the other ones Listen, were just, let's just refer to him as the Spectre. And, well, yeah, then they had Jim Corrigan. Jim Corrigan. Jim Corrigan. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was at the end. 
He was a CSI guy. Yeah. And then Maggie Sawyer. Like, there was a lot of great characters. That's Rucka. Like, just by, by mentioning the characters, I can tell you who wrote them. That's the thing. Like, right. when I read it originally, I didn't really know the difference. But when I went back and reread them, and I'll admit my own falling I think I have three of the four books that came out, and I just never got around to getting the fourth one. But I was rereading it, and I was like, this really is great. Um, but at that point, I could tell. But also, I mean, this isn't the beginning of their work. Rebecca and Rucka. No, it isn't. They, they had both been writing Batman comics for years before it's, they did Gotham Central. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were writing while well, we were in college. They were writing before, Detective Batman. and Batman. Rucka on yeah. Detective, ba- Brubaker on Batman. Those, that was a good era. Yeah. It was a real good era. That was Sean Martinborough doing Detective mm-hmm. with, with uh, Rucka where he invented, um, what's her name? Oh, I can't remember her name. The one the from bodyguard? Checkmate. Yeah, the one from Checkmate. Right. It was a great era, but that, they, 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 this was sort of the culmination of their DC time and not the beginning of their of Yeah. Time. This was, you guys are really popular writing our biggest books. You can write your cop book. Because mm-hmm. I sure, guarantee you DC was not, not excited about publishing it. Can we, can we talk about Michael Lark's Joker? I pretty much just did, but <laughs> Michael Lark's Joker was the fucking amazing. I need to reread those. I've got the trades. I just haven't read them in a while. I read them a little while ago, but not, not, not recently enough. Yeah. But thanks, Dave, for assuming we're younger than we are. I always like to hear it. That's, that's awesome. So you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or you can leave a voicemail. Leave us a voicemail, 888-FANBOY-326-2697. Tell us who you are and where you're from. And if you call our voicemail line, keep it around 30 seconds. And that's how you can get on the show. And uh, speaking of which, we are about a month away from Valentine's Day. So we decided that maybe we should try doing another Valentine's Day-themed episode. Last year, if you recall, we uh, answered relationship questions. We did, the, of course, the book talk as normal. Answer. But then all the emails and voicemails were all relationship-based questions. Uh, having to do with comics in some way, but not necessarily at all. Uh, we th- somebody asked if we were going to do it again, and I thought, well, why not? Let's try it. So if you want to us to do it again, it's up to you guys to email us and call us with your relationship questions. If we get enough to do it on a show, we will do them. If we don't get enough, then obviously we won't You're do You're putting this in their hands. It's all up to you guys. Wow. If you want to hear these relationship advice. Listen, and we don't, we are by no means trained or expert in this arena. I would go so far as to say we're unqualified. But we will still do it for the sake of your entertainment. So if you want us to do Valentine's Day relationship episode, email us at contact.ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at 888-FANBOY-326-2697. You got another month to do it. And um, so. so unfortunately, I won't be on that episode because that's our, our next announcement is uh, this is actually this is going to be my last month as a, uh, a weekly iFanboy guy. So uh, we were talking before about this being 10 and 15 years. Mm-hmm. For a fanboy, so uh, 2015, I, I did some thinking over the holidays, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the hell out of this. But um, there's a there's a couple of different things uh, that that I'm working on, just uh, personally, and then also like like my uh, I'm gonna be more involved in my family business and uh, and continuing to work with uh, with panels.net and the O Comics podcast. And uh, so I'd, I'd make the, I don't take this lately at all, I'd make the very difficult decision to say, uh, I think this is going to be the end of this chapter. And um, hopefully if the, if, the, if the guys will have me, um, you know, I'll stop by every once in a while and, and say, hey, and, you know, we can talk about some movies and stuff or some comics. Uh, well, somebody's got to see the movies because Josh certainly <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So I will uh, too on Netflix uh, later. <laughs> So I will be, uh, I'll be, I'll be happy to, uh, I'd be, I'd be honored and, and well, delighted. Well, the timing is fortuitous so. because Josh and I were about to fire you. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that's it's a big always thing. good to get out on your own. This screen. is very this is a very political kind of thing. I was like, oh, the, the, the hammer's going to drop, and so I better I better bow out. You want to keep the, you terms. want to be able to keep the pension. I'm yeah. <laughs> well, we we we're uh, sad that the that you're going, but you know we are happy that you're moving on to other things that you're excited about and taking care of things you need to take care of. That's always the priority. Is is your family should always come first. So that's all. That's good. And we're We've been nothing but thrilled with the work you've done in the last two years as, as, as our co-host. It's not easy to step into something like this. It's been going on for that time eight years uh, and do it pretty seamlessly. So you did a great job, and I know both Josh and I appreciate that. Well, thank you, and, and, I've, and I've had a lot of fun. I've had, I had a lot of fun in this past hour, and um, you know, part of me is like, oh, man, you know, only a couple more of these. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, uh, still have you know, a, a few more weeks of shows, and... Um, I think your last show we decided is going to be uh, the show that comes out on February first. February first, so uh, so yeah, all Groundhog's Eve. Um, but uh, <laughs> traditionally known as it's traditionally known, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna miss uh, the hell out of you guys because we've decided we're we're not going to stay in touch at all. No, um, because I, I mean, you're dead to us after you leave. I mean, yeah, it so it's I'm, uh, I'm almost too incredulous right now. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so uh, so three more episodes. No, but uh, but yeah, yeah but we'll I. I wanted to, but I wanted to, to thank you guys for for having me aboard and um and the so I met so many amazing people um and Josh uh, through this and um I had so many great opportunities and, and and a lot of my best friends in the world and a lot of people that I'm I'm working with on 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 some projects are, are people that I would never have met uh, if it weren't for iFanboy so um this is always going to be a, a really big part of my life and and uh, I'm. I'm really grateful for it so um we're gonna have uh, a great last month of shows and uh and i'm looking forward to to what you guys do next now, now i can listen to the show I'm not on it so you don't want to listen to the show when you're on it but uh when i when i since since i won't be ruining the show i'll be i'll be glad to hear what you guys have to say about stuff and keeping up with you guys so uh so yeah so this is a this is a tough one but um Thank you, guys, and thank thank you for everybody uh, for all the listeners and uh, giving me a shot uh, after after that other guy, and uh, and I really do appreciate it. So it's been it's been fun. I can, well, I can, yeah. Josh is reclaimed. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, uh, no, not that. I just. I, it's hard to. I don't know what to say. I mean, I know I knew about it. Obviously, is a thing, and I, I don't want like. Like, you get, you just, have to understand. Just, I told them five minutes before we started recording yeah. this show. Yeah, so. no. <laughs> no, but like Paul's super important to us. He's he's another brother. He's he's a guy who who made this. I mean, you guys don't. I don't know if you know, but like, you know, there was a time where if Paul wasn't doing the website and like that wouldn't have been a thing. Like Paul was. Paul took a ton on his shoulders and he and he came in and and he he dealt with us constantly, calling him a child, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, filling in for a guy who like Ron. That's, I mean, it's good you went in a different direction personality-wise, but um, because I mean, who could take that? Uh, you know, that's that's not a small thing. Uh, and and it, like Connor used the word seamlessly, and you're you're not kidding. And then before we get all the questions, like the thing is, like, or who are you gonna? Repl- we're not replacing it. We're not. Yeah. It's, it's, there's not even any point because I mean, honestly, like it, like Connor and Ron and I had known each other for years. We're 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 best friends, you know. And Paul became that to us. You know, you can't build that. We can't. We're not going to hold auditions. There's, there's not another person. So yeah, um, we'll have guests sometimes. Paul will be a guest sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, maybe. 
We'll see. We'll see. That's not, not, not a contract. We'll see. On episodes where Josh isn't on, I will be a guest. So, I, so like every other week. So, I mean, I, th- what I would say is thank you. That's that's yeah. the only thing I, I have to add to it. I think. And um, well, so we'll 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 fully eulogize you in a couple of weeks. So uh, okay, eulogize. Get ready for that. <laughs> the Paul Montgomery roast. Okay. Well, and um, the one other thing, um, I'll be taking the the book of the month reviews with me. Uh, we decided to to discontinue the the book of the month. Uh, if you suck at something, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Well, the book of the month was really great when we had a multimedia yeah, empire going. You could write and it, and when you could write about it, and I liked doing the old video shows, uh, minis on it, and talking about the show. It sort of worked all in conjunction. What we found was, uh, once the writing stopped, it became less of a important piece of content for us. And we, I, I feel like it's been a really weak segment on the show, so we decided to cut it. So there'll be no more book of the months on FMBoy. Books of the month, like surgeons general. Since doesn't mean, I'm just, doesn't mean yeah. the show won't be. Adjusting or changing in any way. Yeah, well, we can. Well, we can certainly that. talk about trades as they come out if we want to. Uh, it's just we won't be doing the books of the month. I mean, you may have noticed last year I, we even skipped one month. <laughs> no one did, ever noticed. We did. We, no, we did. We did three in a row in December. Right. And then so, there was the time uh, that you did the one before. It was. Yeah. I think we did that last week. You know. So. Astute listeners of the show will know that uh, it wasn't uh, a strong segment, so we, we decided to cut that. So there'll be no more of those. So instead, I'll, just, I'll be sending you guys email questions so to deal with my obnoxious questions. Well, good thing, no, nothing will change. <laughs> 4,000-word ones that don't really say anything. but have. I will own. haunt this show. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to iFanboy.com. You can come out on this show, talk about this week's books. You can talk about Paul. Oh, God, please don't. In, in your closet, in Paul's closet. If you know anything about Paul, if you grew up with him and went to high school with him, you can head over to ifanboy.com and comment there. Find all of our podcasts, everything we've done this year and last year and the last 10 years of podcasting is at ifanboy.com. Well, not all of it, but a lot of it. Okay. Uh, you can follow us at uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash ifanboy or facebook.com slash ifanboy. You can follow us individually at, uh, at CS Kilpatrick or at Jay Flanagan, period. <laughs> <laughs> Or Jeff Kanata. Um, and finally, if you dig this sort of thing, uh, write us a review on iTunes, or better yet, you can tell your friends about us, introduce your cousin Eustace to podcasts, help us spread that iFanboy love all That's not cool. You know my cousin is deaf. <laughs> That's not right. What? <laughs> Eustace is... Oh, what? That's it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. And I'm Josh. You're staying, though, right? Yeah. Sneaks. My discotheque, Juliet, teenage dream. I felt it in my chest, so she looked.